Technorama episode 727, Podcast McPodface. <laughs> I hate it when ChatGPT comes up with our show titles. Not very good <laughs> yeah. at it anymore. Maybe Wait, we, what? We ran out of <laughs> There's tokens. There's no chat GPT in there. There's, we, we ran out of tokens again. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Techdorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek, because that's what it says on the t-shirt now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're just waiting for one of our patrons to get us his t-shirt size, and I'll place the order for all of them. So if, it, if you don't that. get the t-shirt size, just order it Take as a, a uh, onesie for a little baby. Right, because everybody uses <laughs> one of those. Put it on a teddy bear or something. Yeah. All right. If you are a new listener, welcome. My name is Chuck Tomasi. If you're a returning listener, welcome. My name is Chuck Tomasi. That that didn't come out right either. And just right over there is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. I know you're feeling yeah. a little, little under the weather earlier. Uh, not really under the weather. I don't want to talk about it too much, but... I just felt really tired, you know, I was like, uh oh, no, it's not that. It could mean, could mean something big is coming. Watch out. No, no, no. I feel fine. Otherwise I, I was just like, it's, I know I normally don't take a nap, but I came home and I was like, you know what? I didn't sleep that well last night. I'm I'm going to take a nap. And You are missing out. Naps are where it's at, man. Take nap, advantage like, of this old man thing. I told you what Harrison said when he was around eight naps are for quitters. <laughs> No, naps are best. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm not. I don't usually take naps. So, I do, and I enjoy them very much. You know, get up early, take a nap, go do some more work, stay up a little later, and you're all set. Hmm. Maximize the energy output because if you're just running on one tank of gas the whole day, it's going to run down, and then you got to resort to caffeine. Hmm. Caffeine's for quitters. Oh, I'll tell you something. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the book, but it was a book I read. It was um, uh, productive. It was habits, um, work habits of uh, um, like famous people. Yeah. Were, you know, like Benjamin Franklin and stuff like that. And they were talking about how they would get up and they, some people specifically went on a walk in the morning and then uh, worked a little bit. And then they would uh, sequester themselves and do work later in the evening or, or work at night only. They always have these weird, not weird, but um, interesting habits that they would go through to, um, to stay productive. And uh, I'm trying to remember one of the strange ones was like, um, he got up, he read, did something, and then he didn't start working until 11 Then he would nap and then he would stay up until like one in the morning and kind of go through a, uh, it's, it's, it was a, it's all kind of a blur because everybody was doing their own thing, but it was interesting to see what routines they had to stay productive. A lot of times they, they would wake up in the middle of the night and do more work for a couple of hours. Yeah. They would divide their sleep schedule at night. They'd, cause you didn't have electricity. So you kind of had to go to bed at dusk, but then mm -hmm. you got, you know, six hours of sleep, you get up and go clean the barn yeah. or something and then come back and get four more hours of sleep. Well, well, there was, um, uh, a, a blurb in there, I think, or maybe I read it somewhere else about people getting up and doing stuff. I'm like, if I woke up in the middle of the night, I just turn over and try to go back to sleep. 
but they would get up and do things yeah, and then go back to bed. And, uh, like, that just sounded so weird to me. Good old days before electricity and computers and clocks and watches mandated your life. All right. Let's get to our listener feedback. We did ask a question of the week last week. So here we will play that famous music. have lots of them good response to this one yeah our question of the week last week was what idiotic trend throughout the years can you happily say you never participated in weber baker says pet rocks tamagotchi and other non-living pets <laughs> well uh steve london said pick any tiktok trend i missed them all he says the tide pod challenge yes i think i skipped that one too <laughs> Uh, that made me give up on humanity, which, yes. Um, oh, we did the ice bucket challenge, uh, but that was not good. Uh, that, that was for a good cause. And, of course, donate. I did the same thing. I yes. Think you, did, you did as well. Stephen Weshy also mentioned the Tide Pod things. Uh, I also called NFTs a scam from day one. Yeah, something. All right. Mike Robinson has that. quite the list. So why don't you read through that? You want me to read through it? Okay. So the Twilight Saga. The National Basketball Association. Wow, not a dwarf not a tossing. Don't confuse those two. We're not ta- dwarf tossing into the basket. I stopped. Um, so <laughs> I paused because of the comma. <laughs> Anvil launching. Wow. Uh, consuming pop soda with clear or free in the title. Okay. Uh, the ice water challenge. Uh, dressing uh, a pet up as a person or character. Well, I, I kind of did that. <laughs> my dog went my dog went as uh, Oompa Loompa last year. I don't know if that's that's more of a character, I guess. Uh swimming with either sharks or dolphins. I've done that. That's kind of fun. Yeah, what's wrong with the dolphins? Um the sharks, I'll pass. Um hot air ballooning. We did that. We oh, you, that. you missed yeah. shotgun to beer. Shotgun to beer. Uh I don't think I've done that. I don't I have not either. <laughs> hey, all right, something for us to do when we get Yeah, he's it. making a bucket list for us. I know, right? Eating food or drink containing ingredients so irritating that it endangers my life or shortens my life. You mean words you can't pronounce? Except quinoa. Always eat quinoa. Quinoa. Um, Passing any part of my body through a poured stream of molten metal. What? I have seen people. I have seen people. You can. uh, They had a bucket of like molten lead. And you can hit your hand on it, but you or you can stick it in there, but you have to come, yeah, real quickly. It was, I, I think, think I'll it was, pass on that. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, I like think walking I on hot coals. Yeah. Um, sky. Yeah, you can walk across uh, coals. Uh, skydiving and watching any variety of real wives speedo anything. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's just put reality TV in that whole category. I'll yeah. I'll I'll take that. I wouldn't say it's reality, but I did. I did enjoy a no, Survivor. No, I, back in I the day. skipped the whole reality thing. I didn't. I didn't watch really any of them except for Survivor, and I don't know if I call that real. That, that's know, that's reality. like the the 
great grandfather of all these things. What do you mean it's not this crap reality no, TV? It's more of a yes, it game is. show. You're playing no. the game. No, they 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 do something and then they cut to the person talking and the you know, no, that is that is like the model for like the reality grandfather, TV. All that stuff is like real world, something from the nineties. The you know whatever uh, like Big Brother kind of thing. You know where same formula. Goes. It's the same formula. I know that's all garbage. I, right. You know, Yet you said you admitted you watched it. I, I used to watch it. Um, we used to watch it at work. You know, uh, we at lunch we would we watch the episodes. Yeah, all like, right. My sister says hacky sack, non natural hair colors, fidget spinners. <laughs> it's a pretty long list. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh. Um, so Joe Ferrari says. Oh, he's got a big one. The 90s fashion trend where dudes would roll up one pant leg or in the 90s <laughs> trend where dudes, dudes would put a baby pacifier <laughs> on a silver chain around their necks and suck on it while they talk to you. I've never seen anybody do that. I heard about this. Maybe I've seen it on TV or something. I've never seen anybody. Or that person. 2015 thing where you'd wear two neckties. Oh, wait, that was Back to the Future 3. Yes, it's alternate reality. <laughs> Uh, when I used to work at the video store, this is Joe speaking, uh, I had so many customers who tried to talk to me while sucking on their binky. That would, that would irritate the crap out of me. I, like, I, I, I'd punch them in their binky. <laughs> I know. That's not right, man. And I think my, get... my sister Suzette has the winner here. Hate language on social media. That's a good one to skip right over. True. And it's idiotic. So I think she encapsulated that one perfectly. Hey. You know, uh, I'm not a fan of toxic uh, masculinity, but that would sucking on a binky would just take all the masculinity out of you, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know what the what the draw was on that one. But oh my gosh! Completely miss it. Hmm. All right, thank you for your answers. We'll have another question for you at the end of the show, and we'll post that on social media next week. Hmm. Rolling right into the history. There we go. On this day in history for October 18th, 2023, it's the 291st day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 74 days remaining remaining, remember, 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 in 2023. It was on this date in 320 that Pappas of Alexandria, Greek philosopher, observed an eclipse of the sun and writes a commentary on the great astronomer, Almagest. Hey, hmm. we had, we had a, we'll, we'll talk about our eclipse later. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got something to talk about later. Also, today in 1851, Herman Melville's Moby Dick was first published as The Whale by Richard Bentley of London. We'll talk about that a little later, too. Okay. October 18th, 1922, the British Broadcasting Company, later Corporation. Ooh, interesting change there. It was founded hmm. by a consortium to establish a nationwide network of radio transmitters to provide a national broadcasting service. All right, brace yourself, kids. Um, on October 18th, 1945, the USSR nuclear program received plans for the United States plutonium bomb from Klaus Fuchs at the Los, An uh, Los Alamos National Laboratory. You did very well on that. Congratulations. That same oh. date in 1954, Texas Instruments announced the first transistor radio, and the Beach mm. Boys were born. No, wait. <laughs> More Van Morrison. No, that was... No. Huh? Keep going. Yeah. All right. The Soviet probe Venera 4 
reached Venus and became the first spacecraft to measure the atmosphere of an, another planet on this date in 1967, which we talked about that not too long ago. Yep. Four years mm-hmm. ago today, NASA astronauts Jessica Meir and Christina Koch took part in the first all-female spacewalk when they ventured out of the International Space Station to replace a power controller. They should have played like the Go-Go's or something. That would have been cool. <laughs> right. Happy birthday goes out on this date too, American businessman, the founder of FAO Schwartz. And if you're ever wondering what FAO stands for, it's Frederick August Otto Schwartz. <laughs> His Schwartz is bigger than mine. He was born on this date in 1836. And <laughs> Adorable. Adorable. Mexican-Canadian computer scientist and academic Beatrice Helen Worsley was born 102 years ago today. And Chuck Berry, the American singer, songwriter, and guitarist, was born 97 years ago today. And American actor and director George C. Scott was born on this date in 1927. Great Scott! (laughs) He was a great Scott. Erin Morin! She played Joni Cunningham on Happy Days. She was born today in 1960, which would make her 63. Listener birthdays today. We won't tell you their age unless they specifically told us, but they didn't, so let's go through them. October 18th is the podcast junkie, Megan Enlow. Russell Pearson on the 19th. The 20th is Mike from near Des Moines, Iowa. That's a heck of a last name, Iowa. (laughs) His parents had a crazy... Spell it all the time. Daniel Ebdrup, a.k.a. Daniel Ebdrup Jensen Debdrup, is the 21st, along with Justin Deal, our null operations guy. Best to you. And the 22nd, two more birthdays, Zach, a.k.a. ZML2008, and Cassandra Therian. <gasps> Maybe related to Steve, one of our oh. patrons, perhaps? Let's hey. go with that. That's the way it was on this day in history for October 18, 2023. Hey, if you want to get your name on the birthday calendar, Craig's going to put a link on the screen, and I'm going to tell you where it goes. No, hey, what? Wait, hey. No. Hey. Not where to stick it. <laughs> it's chuckchat.com slash birthday, of course. You go there or scan the QR code that I'm waving up. No, I'm not. You can't do a QR code on an audio podcast. That doesn't work. Yeah. I, no. Yeah, the squares are black, white, black, black, white, black, white. Next row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, next row. <laughs> In case you're right, filling put, these in. Put these binary digits in your computer. <laughs> one, zero, zero, one, one. Chuckchat.com slash birthday. Go put your name on there. If it's your birthday this week and we didn't give you a shout out, well, we wish you all the best. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Like, so QR codes are if somebody took a checkerboard and ran it through an Etch-A-Sketch and just shook it. That's what it looks like. Take that, chessboard. All right. That takes care of the music. So take that, music. There we are. Now, time for a random thing. We're starting out with some... Well, I don't know if you call this good news, but... Good news, everyone! That sounded well, he made it back. He made it back. That's good news. So, good news is that... Uh, come on, bring up the article. i got to get a name here. Frank Rubio. Frank Rubio, yes. No no relation to the taco Mark. people. Or, <laughs> or Mark. Yeah. So, he spent over a year in space. He's now set the record for the longest... American United States person in space at 371 days, but he doesn't hold the granddaddy total. No, that is 
400, what is it, 422 days? Where was that other number? 437 days by Valery Polyakov, the Russian cosmonaut. Mm -hmm. Now, he was supposed to only go up there for six months, as you may recall, but the Soyuz capsule he was going to take back had a minor leak in it, probably due to a micrometeorite strike. So they, uh, they sent that back and said, we'll have another one along shortly, but they also had to bring up another crew and then take all the other people back because they're on this six month rotation thing. So he got back and and and, and getting an Uber up there is not easy. No, it costs a lot. It costs (laughs) a lot. So he got back and like most of them, you know, his, his muscles and bones and whatnot needed to readjust to gravity. Took him about a week and he said it was actually kind of painful they don't they don't really tell you what the side effects are other than you know they're not very strong even though they spend a lot of time exercising he said i had some back pain because it's carrying half of my weight now the lower back was was a bit fatigued yeah bone density and uh yeah muscle atrophy is is, are two of the big problems with that so i'm thinking about when you go if we were sending a mission to mars okay you'd Mm -hmm. atrophy a bit what did they say it takes uh, 18 months or so to get a rocket to Mars. Oh, um, it was, it was a while or maybe, it, maybe it was three years. I know Mars goes around in about two years. About seven months. Seven months. Okay. So you would, you would suffer some atrophy on the trip over, mm-hmm. but since the gravity of Mars isn't as great, it wouldn't be as big of a detriment. Now coming home, if you lived on Mars with a lower gravity and then you went into space with lesser gravity. You get back mm-hmm. to Earth, ooh, that would be tough coming the other way. You think well, jet lag is a B. Yeah. Well, that's why they were saying, well, not all those reason, but it's a pretty much a one-way trip, so I don't think coming back is going to be a problem. Yeah, you'd have to build a rocket and send it back. No, that wouldn't quite work, would it? No. Hmm. Unless they built one of those Elon Musk kind of rockets that lands vertically and then he could take off again. <laughs> well, I think one of the, wasn't one of the ideas that he floated around was that the rocket would be able to, they were hoping that we could generate um, fuel from the atmosphere. So it would sit there for a it's while. It's mostly carbon dioxide. How would you? I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. Somebody was talking about, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember that story. But anyway, they were, they were floating some ideas, uh, theories on how they could uh, produce fuel. It would, t- I would imagine it would take a while, you know, for it to do that. But. In other space news, we have a theory on where Furbies come from. Oh, it's not Furbies. It's FRBs. Fast radio bursts. Sorry. <laughs> Furbies. FRBs. Not those again. <laughs> They're coming back, you know. <laughs> yeah, creepy, aren't they? They were creepy. Well, they're coming back. Well, these were first discovered in 2007. Fast radio bursts are invisible to the human eye, but they can be seen by radio telescopes, and they're so intense that if you aim your radio telescope in the right direction, it can actually outshine the galaxy where they come from. And they hmm. say, we're being bombarded as with as many as 10,000 of these every day on Earth, and they only last for like a thousandth of a second. So you're getting all these blips and bleeps all over the place. Well. One new theory suggests, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a hypothesis, that it's due to the equivalent of earthquakes on a neutron star. Now, a neutron star, if you remember your astronomy correctly, is the remnants of a very large star. Mm-hmm. So it's you've got this big star, like a red giant, and it collapses. 
That's right. And blows off all its atmosphere. And what you're left with is the core. And as the star contracts, it starts spinning faster and faster as much as 700 times a second. Think of like an ice skater as they pull their arms in, right? Conservation of angular momentum. I do remember that from high school physics. Well, nerd. Nerd. That's why I'm doing this article. That's right. So it's spinning faster and faster. And they think these things are so dense that it's the mass of one to two times our star, but it's only, say, 20 to 12 miles across. So it's really packed down tight. One little sugar cube, like a cubic centimeter of this, would be about a billion tons if you were to weigh it here on Earth. So very, very dense stuff. And every once in a while, they think that the... The surface, the crust of this thing shifts, probably due to the fact that uh, the magnetic field on this, I mean, if you, have you ever seen the, the images of the magnetic field on the sun? It's not like this nice loopy yeah. curve thing that we have on the earth. We don't have a North mm-hmm. Pole and a South Pole on the sun. We have like, it looks like a wire, a b- ball, a, a, like if somebody took a ball of yarn and a cat got at it. There's strands pulling out this way and looping over that way. And the sun's magnetic fields are all over the place. Well, as this neutron star contracts, it has similar magnetic fields and it just gets so magnetically compressed that it becomes very, very strong. And they're thinking that magnetic, uh, the strong magnetic fields, any stronger. And they actually have a classification for these things called magnetars. That's side note, but they're thinking that the magnetic fields may be causing some of the uh, jostling on the surface of the neutron star, causing little earthquakes. Only they're not earthquakes; they'd be more like neutron star quakes, star quakes. We we'll call them that. Okay, and that may be triggering these FRBs. So interesting theory. Don't know what it means for us here on Earth yet, but uh, we will keep you apprised of the situation. Because it's always good to know more about your stuff in space. Like, hey, let's send out another rocket to an asteroid. And, whoa, there's carbon on this asteroid. They may have had something to do with starting life on Earth. Yeah. That's what we learn. In other science news. Science. Science. Here we do. Science. Science. That was impressive. (laughs) Wow. That was aggressive reverb. (laughs) That was was reverb. And echo. And echo. echo. Oh. Gotcha. There's two things going on. Well, other two things that are going on is uh, we have a woman in Finland. Was it Finland? Where's Karen from? Sweden. Karen from Sweden. Mm-hmm. She lost her right arm just below the elbow, and now she's got a new bionic arm that actually connects to the bone and the nerves and whatnot. There's it's like this part metal, of her nail, so. metal plug yeah. And her brain, along with some artificial intelligence assistance, can do things like zip a zipper on a suitcase or pick up a coin. It, it's very, very fascinating to watch what she's doing and how good the dexterity is. Part of the thing that I didn't realize, at least in her situation, you're aware of phantom limb syndrome, right? Yes, you, I am. you lose an arm, you lose a leg, whatever, and you can the person can still feel that limb. Well, she felt it, but it was very, very painful. And she said, re- every day was like sticking my phantom hand in a meat grinder. Like, ah, yeah. so she's on all these painkillers. Well, well this, uh, back up just a hair, she lost her limb in a farming accident. Right. So I imagine that it was in pain, it was removed, and then the pain never went away because, you know, 
if your finger's hurting and then later on it feels, it, you know, you're able to resolve it or, you know, it heals or whatever, you know, to go away. So I can imagine that those feelings would just be there or could be there. And that it was. So, or, or there was nerve damage or something that was causing sure. this constant yeah. pain. So very, very upsetting. They said, we're still a, a, a far way away from Luke Skywalker's hand, uh, but <laughs> yeah. we're still not close to all the functions of a biological hand. We definitely made some considerable step forward. That's from Dr. Max Ortiz Catalan. Mm-hmm. who was talking to CNN. This was on a New York Post magazine cover uh, uh, article. So yeah. lots of cool stuff. And, and they're also saying things like, um, you know, these people aren't like wearing a sleeve and a glove to try and cover up their artificial hand. They're proud of this. It's like, hey, let's, let's lean into this. I would. I think mean, this is a cool, I'm not going to go chop off my arm just to get one, but the. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, just don't talk crazy talk. Now, right? I would, I would definitely be going, check out the cool hand, man. Yeah, there's a picture of her holding up a little, like a, a delicate a chocolate. piece of chocolate, you know, feeding herself, which is great. And then she said that she can do uh, almost, she can do 80% of what she's, she used to do, you know, with her, with both hands now. That's amazing. I mean, it, the, the the dexterity is amazing. Be- just watching the video on that thing. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So good for her. Yeah. Good for the scientists that are making this happen. Yeah. No, that is fantastic. Uh, fantastic news. One more from the news? Yes, one more. All right. Scientists have found an awesome practical use for ping pong balls. No, I didn't say oh. King Kong's balls. I said what? ping pong ball. There's an old joke about that. Sorry. From like okay. when I was 10 years old. So. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> what do you have? What do you, what do you have when you have a mothball in this hand and a mothball in that hand? Okay, let's move on. A very large moth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Techorama. This is the show about tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. Even the bad jokes from when we were 12 years old. Somebody's watching. I don't know. (laughs) Give us a shout in the chat. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody's watching. We do this live stream. Well, what they found is they can use ping pong balls as sort of meta material. I... You're familiar with sound deadening foam. I've got some around mm-hmm. the studio in here. To, to or help. tape. Remember, we've been talking about sound deadening. Yeah. <laughs> Thunk. Yeah. Well, this is to help block out some of the low frequencies. So my thought is it, it's, it, it uses a principle called Hemholtz resonators. Mm-hmm. They are specifically designed to absorb certain f- sound frequencies. I'm really struggling with some of these phonetics here tonight. It's all right. Ping pong balls are well-known everyday objects present in large numbers all over the world, says physicist Robin Sabat from the University of Lille. Our motivation was to use these easily accessible objects to create low-frequency insulating panel structure. Ping pong balls therefore present an economical alternative to acoustic insulators for both low-cost and potential recycling. I'm thinking, just go cover one of those cars that's rolling down the street. <laughs> just put a, put a cover of ping pong balls on it. In fact, just put them in one giant ping pong ball. Wait and, a minute. What? I think, I think my idea about using the sound deadening tape is more practical than putting ping pong balls out of a car. Just tape them in their car. <laughs> <laughs> Once you use that tape to tape the ping pong balls, Onto the car. Because the tape was used to stop the resonance of the material oh. itself. 
we were right. they were taking a ball and hitting it against a plate and it would go tang they put the tape on it and go thunk okay this well, is nothing just like stu- explaining my joke thanks <laughs> you're not being physicist enough tonight oh sorry <laughs> oh scott's watching he just said wow <laughs> <laughs> he he would totally be ripping some more 10 year old boy jokes at us right now don't I'm sure don't be giving me this you know, I'm holding back. I got to be, I'm sure. <laughs> he was he was telling Donna's going to start playing a role playing game with their with their troop soon. And uh he said, you know, this is an adults only thing. And I said, yeah, I can imagine the uh the jokes that are going to be going back and forth. So, uh-huh. <laughs> don't don't be trying to play Mr. Righteous on me. All right. We are going to uh No, we're not going to take a break. It says break right here. And something break. It's always, you know what? I don't edit the template, so it's been there for years. We should probably update the template. We were talking about templates last week for way too much time. <laughs> yes, I know. I listened back to the show and I was cringing at he says, the whole thing. Space balls. We already did our uh, our, our Schwartz be with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yogurt. Let's go from the news to the hacks and strange stories. And we used to take breaks in the show. We used to. And we used to insert yeah. like a clip or something, an ID from somebody. I don't you even play know. play one. Oh. Why don't you play one? Okay. Hey, this is Kate Vernon, and you're listening to Technorama with Chuck and Craig. My favorite one was that uh, the one we were we were trying to review a case cover, like a, uh, a cover for an iPod. Oh, <laughs> The, you're talking <laughs> no. about where I chop up the the, the audio into very various little bits, and somebody else did it for me. It's I still do stuff like that uh, on my work podcast. I I put outtakes at the end. Yeah. Oh, we That's also have this thing. one. This one. I don't know how long this Bob one's been. Bob is a real Geeko Insurance customer, yeah. not an actor. To help him with his message, we've hired professional voice actor John Bell. I was having problems downloading my podcast. I heard that dog at DragonCon. Information has to get through. I went to ChuckChat.com and clicked on TechNorama and gave it a listen. Tech, science, sci-fi interviews. It it was great. A new wind was beginning to blow. (laughs) Chuck and Craig are the only thing that blows. Informative. I don't know what I would have done without them. In the fight for justice, two men stood up to help those in need. Geeko Insurance, only available by listening to Technorama at ChuckChat.com. Feed your inner geek. (laughs) My throat is starting to hurt. I've said that so many times. (laughs) You know, for those who don't know, that's John Bell. He does a podcast himself. Called Bell's um, in the Bad Free. And he's a professional voiceover guy. He does a lot of commercials and whatnot, so, too. So when I asked him for to read this stuff, and I, he read it all, and at the end, he wasn't intending for me to use it, but he, he did that, uh, oh, my throat's starting to hurt, and I put the whole cough and everything. It's the, it's, it's the icing <laughs> well, uh, on the The light bulb went off and went, oh, I'm using that. Yep. <laughs> yep. But I, I have said that so many times. My throat hey. is starting to hurt. <laughs> you know what? Here's one for the podcasting for dummies. Everything is fair game. Record right. it all. Record it yeah. all. Never yeah. miss a beat. I, I do that even for work because that's where I get most of my outtake material is the pre and the well, post show stuff. 
Who was that when we were talking to? And um, they're like, oh, when are we going to start recording? Oh, we already have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, when as soon as the phone rang, we were, or the all the time Skype rang or whatever it was. But yeah, we were recording right off the bat. Probably oh. should let them know right off the bat. Yeah. Well, I do with Zoom now. So they just have to say, got it right away. Well, and anything, anything they, they say during that period before we actually start. Maybe used in a court of law. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, a subject to remove. You, you have the right to remain silent. It wouldn't make for a very good podcast, would it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the hacks and strange stories. We got a news here from Science Alert that the way you flip a coin could mean it's not as random as you would expect. Yeah. You would think flipping a coin would be 50-50, but no, someone went mm-hmm. out and did a uh, coin toss research project to the tune of 350,757 coin flips. I noticed that they made an odd number just for fun. Mm-hmm. The latest yeah. experiment shows that it's 50.8% of the time. And the bias seemed to apply across different coin types, but not across different individuals. So your experience may vary. They said what's often happening is when you flip the coin, not only are you flipping it like uh, over and over on one axis, but it's mm-hmm. got this procession to it. So it's actually rotating which side is up most of the time. And that's likely the side you started on. And that's likely, slightly more likely that that's the side it will land on because it's up more times than not. Uh, yeah. That's an interesting way to do it. So all you, I guess you could have solved this by doing some slow-mo video and going, oh, look, <laughs> it's rotating a little differently. It may have actually the, yeah, the, the bottom line was also the, the way you flip it because you can add a little action to it and it would change it as well. They said it's no small advantage. For instance, if someone bets a dollar on a coin toss, hoping to take a $2 on any win, they would make $19 on average for every 1000 tosses. That's an advantage you don't get in blackjack. If you're playing with five other players and a dealer, (laughs) right? Nice comparison. Yeah. Although if you're playing, if you're gambling at the casino, you the ha- the house out gambling favors the house all the time, so don't count on it. How does that work with blackjack? Because if how does the house have the favor? I guess it's well, you because, think it wouldn't, right? Yeah, but- because they have to hit on sixteen, and you you have a choice. So there's there's something going on there. I don't understand. You're playing by the same rules. Mm-hmm. Weird. You should be. Yeah. Well, it depends on what casino you go to. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to let that one go. Let's give a All shout right. out to our chat room. We do have Scott Tyler hanging out with us. I saw a couple other people, but they didn't give any messages. If you are around on Sunday nights at 830 Eastern, we would love to hang out with you as well. Or you could hang out with us or we'll just hang out together. Whatever that comes out to be. It's a transitive property. So it works both ways. The uh, See what I did there? Yes. Use maths. Math. Maths. Maths Math's hard. Math. <laughs> Not if you went to school. <laughs> no, that's what, remember Barbie got in hot water because that was one of the things that she would say. Oh. Math they, is hard. And people were like, whoa, the, whoa, whoa. Did they say it's that because the she's Barbie the female, it's hard? No. I'm, I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's your mind tonight? <laughs> I'm well, staring right into the tonight. camera where it belongs. Yeah. So 8.30, you just subscribe to our YouTube channel or Facebook group. Is it a group, a page? What do we got over there? I don't remember. I forget. 
Just look for Technorama Podcast. You'll know yeah. when we're going and uh, hang out with us. Maybe make some bad jokes. I'd also like to thank the patrons. Because they are the ones who make the show happen. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? we got to get back to our astronomy stuff in a minute. Let's do the patrons first. Alexis Duran, Amber Elsad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC. We need your t-shirt size, buddy. Pretty sure it's that Chris and not the other. One of these two Chris's needs to get us his t-shirt size really fast. Dan Deman Coyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Yorgos Rowan. See you in a couple weeks, buddy. Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller. All these people donated as little as a dollar a show. Like Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, Steve Weshy, Stephen Weshy, excuse me. Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook. They are magnificent people in their own right, and even more so because they donate to our show. They go over to patreon.com slash technorama podcast and hit that button that says, I would like to help this worthless cause. I mean, uh, worthwhile cause. There we go. Uh, worthwhile cause. We're a cause now? We're a cause. All right. Cause we're here. We we've uh, we forgot to talk about the eclipse. Hey, we mentioned minute. it in the history. Wait a minute. Yeah. Do pass me the remote. Not yet. No, do pass me the remote. Why? Do it. Okay. <laughs> I, see what, a, I see what you did. You can review it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that works. It wasn't something I read, heard, or saw. Yeah, that works. That was my Saturday morning entertainment. All right, then I'll start since I've got more bullet items here. My first thing was Saturday morning here in Phoenix, Arizona. I watched a show called Eclipse, Ring of Fire <laughs> on space. It's a documentary on Netflix. <laughs> it, was, it was on the Sky Network. <laughs> yeah, Sky Network. So how was it? I saw you had a little device. I had a couple of little devices. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I took a regular old piece of cardboard, punched a hole in it and used that. Uh, didn't really like any of my projection screens from natural you know, stucco doesn't make the best screen. So I went and got a, a bed sheet off of the couch that was already dirty. So it went right into the laundry after this. I didn't care how much I was using it outside. And, uh, we, it started about eight fifteen local time with just mm -hmm. the sun or the moon starting to slide in from the top of the sun. And then, uh, about nine thirty, so an hour and fifteen minutes, seventy-five minutes later, it was at maximum. So about nine thirty mm -hmm. local time, we had about eighty percent coverage. It looked like a big old crescent sun. It was good. They started to get a little. It little got dark. a little dimmer. Yeah, Lisa was noticing that too. The other thing I noticed was um, the sun did not have the intensity. You've been here in the warmer weather. You walk outside, it just feels like your your skin starts to bake under an oven. Yeah. Yeah, like, it wasn't well, like me, that. Mr. Bacon. That's what I feel. It like. was, it was, it was, it was pleasant. It was almost like being in the shadows mm -hmm. when you're not in the shadows. Right. So it was like, oh, I can stick my arm out in the sun, and it is fine. We did not get to the point where you had what we call HD shadows, where everything is is really crisp. Because you notice when oh, well, what, yeah, when you have a shadow of something that's far away from the ground, it gets kind of blurry, and you know you lose that definition as it's a dithering. <laughs> well, for the full eclipse we had in 2017, the shadows went like that just before totality. Now, this is a ring of fire, so I don't even know if you'd get it with just the ring if you were in that 
that path. Uh, we did see some pictures and whatnot, live streams from the other places, but mm -hmm. I took a screenshot at 930 of my astronomy app to show how much coverage we had. I took a few screenshots of the pinhole in the, the, uh, the cardboard, but we also took out like the cover to our plastic colander, which has you know, hundred holes in them, circular patterns. Oh, and that's what that was. That's what that was. Made a neat I was pattern. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah, and and it made a whole bunch of little crescents. So every mm -hmm. hole makes its own projection. And then mm -hmm. I went around the yard and said, "Oh, this palm tree is making them on the sidewalk, and that is making them over here." So I took some pictures of the little crescents from different places around the yard too. Uh, yeah, and then pretty observations. much observations. <laughs> But 9.45, I packed it up, but it still had another 75 minutes while it was exiting. So we didn't see the full thing, but it was it was a neat experience and I didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, what you experienced was mostly what I saw when, when we had it in 2017, you know, where you, yep. you could see the shadows of the, the, the leaves on the ground, you know, how had the yep. crescent shape, shape to it. Um. Yeah, it was that was great. I had a good. We had a good time with that. We went down to Columbia and we're in my some family's backyard, and it went. It was right over our heads. You may want to check. I I don't know if it's going to run over your mountain house in next year on April eighth, but it is. There's a total eclipse coming right up from like Texas to Maine. So, yeah, um, that one would be worth traveling a few miles to see. Yeah, there's a my. One of my old high school friends, he lives in Missouri, and I think it's going to go over. Did it say it was going to go over his? You got to be, you, 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 if you have the opportunity, see a total eclipse once in your lifetime. It's really worth yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Well, um, by the way, so my friend lives in, uh, Missouri. He has a, he has a second house on, uh, right at the, on the Ozarks. Yep. He was like, oh, y'all need to come out and we'll take the pontoon out and, uh, get right in the water. And look up and, and watch it. That'd be cool. Like, okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. So we might be doing that. All right. We could not find our solar sunglasses from 2017. They were, I knew exactly where they were until we painted the house a couple of years ago. And then we had to clean out all the cabinets because <laughs> we painted the cabinets too. So don't know so where you were it went. like, I don't need these anymore. <laughs> no, we, we did actually keep them because they're kind of cool. The, mm -hmm. um, the other thing I watched that was sort of related to Herman, Herman Melville's Moby Dick was, I watched Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yes. Oh, man. Every time I watch that, it gets more and more full of holes. <laughs> it's still a good movie. It's still a good it's story. A, the music is it's great. It's a fantastic movie. But yeah, but the, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just, I think I watched it last week, too. Every time I wonder, like, okay, uh, the Motara Nebula, they launched the Genesis device, and mm -hmm. somehow it collapsed down into a planet and a star? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm no yep. astrophysicist, but that doesn't seem right to me. Just go with it. <laughs> you but know yeah. why you know why um uh, when uh Captain what's his name uh from from the Reliant you know he was he was defying oh. Khan and he ripped off his little wristband with his teeth and threw it on the floor and then his his earwig went nuts, right? Yes, right. And and then he collapsed and shot himself. But uh, you know what? Immediately, Chekhov didn't mess with his, you know, electric watch, his his his, his Apple watch. <laughs> when he was talking to Khan, his earwig just went nuts and yeah. fell out. It was like, time's up. Ah! 
No, it was starving to death because he had nothing to eat on. Because <laughs> Chekhov oh, was stupid. <laughs> he was stupid. Did you hear? Uh, oh, it was uh, Walter's. It was Terrell. Terrell, that's what it is. Did you hear? Yeah. Uh, did you hear Walter Koenig's explanation of why? Khan says, I remember you, even though he wasn't on that episode. Oh, no, I don't think I have. <laughs> he he addressed it. Didn't we didn't we address it as well? We said like uh Khan had to go to the bathroom and Walter was in there. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Like boom, 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 <laughs> open up. That's right. Oh, I remember you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you I never forget. Uh what else have you seen? Well, this wasn't this was more of an album that was released. It was uh, Roger Waters' version of Dark Side of the Moon, Redo, Redux, or however you want to say it, um, which is, you know, he, he put out, this, is a, this has been coming for a while, and this was the 50th anniversary of the Dark Side of the Moon album. Oh, my. Now I'm yeah, feeling old. It came out in 73. It was on the so, top 100 for, what, 15 years or something? A long time. Yes, very long time. Well, anyway, so he was he was doing a version of it for himself because he this is one of those projects where he said he he claims that this is his project, not a we. I wrote it kind of thing. And, you know, him and uh, the rest of Pink Floyd have been going back and forth for a long, for a long time, not just for this, but other things. But um, so anyway, I was like, OK, I'm interested to see what his version vision is for this album. So I saw it was out. Uh, last week so i went to listen to it and it is an interesting work it's more of an experiment okay. uh, i think than anything it has a lot of spoken word over it which i'm like i don't know i'm just not a f- huge fan of and it's telling little <laughs> anecdotes little stories um not about himself but just as as a you know, as little stories i don't know how else to explain it um and some of this tracks on there that I really like some of them on the original dark side of the moon, the, uh, the music outshines any words you could put in there. Right. Right. But the music is those tracks are different and it's like, it just loses it. It doesn't speak to me anymore. So I'm just going to stick with the original. Um, so the, the thing was he was taking credit for this is my project, but it's not, it was a, it's a, it's a collaboration because Everybody contributed music wise. Um, and this just doesn't hold up to uh, um, the value of the other one. And I don't think it's meant to replace the other one. It's just this was his vision, which, or a version of it. And it just didn't work for me. All right. Good so, to know. But it is on Spotify or whatever else. So you can go listen to it and judge for yourself. I mean, it's okay. It's just different. And like I said, I didn't care for it. Something caught my eye on Amazon Prime this week. It was called Renfield. And if you're a yeah. science fiction fan, you'll know that Renfield is Dracula's yes. familiar, his, his yes. servant, if you will. Uh, this starred Nicholas Holt, 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 H-O-U-L-T, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and Nicholas Cage. Yes. I also learned from his bio on Amazon that he is the nephew of, of Francis Ford Coppola. Didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? I did not know that. So yeah. Learn something new every day. Uh, it's got some humorous bits. The main story revolves around Renfield. He wants to get out of a toxic relationship because, you know, 
Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> After a hundred and some odd years, whatever it is, that right. uh, he's been helping this guy out. He says, no. You know? And he, he's going to this self-help group at, ch- at at this church, listening to these people. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm my own person. I'm happy. I'm good enough. Yeah. You know, all this... <laughs> affirmation stuff and uh he he runs into this cop who's trying to track down this big drug kingpin family in town whose uh lead is is it's the lobo family and Mm -hmm. the lead of the lobo family is um oh what's her name she was she was like the the chief commander on on star trek what was it not beyond uh, you know, the lady with the really deep voice. I, I, I can't remember her name offhand. The, um, uh, I I'm believe she's Iranian. You'll know her when you see her. Right. Hello, Captain Kirk. <laughs> 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 right. I've put in a commendation for you. Uh, <laughs> someone help me out in the chat. But uh, she's in here. She does a really good job with that character. Nicholas Cage, his, his British accent is totally not believable, but it's still kind of fun to watch him get totally yeah. toasted when he gets hit with sunlight. Um, I'll tell you, I, I watched this. I think I, I brought this up, this episode up or this uh, movie um, when I watched it, but I, I thought Nicholas Cage playing uh, Dracula. Yeah. He did a pretty a good, lot. he did a pretty he good did, job. He did great. No, I mean, yeah. I think he played it perfectly. It needed a better movie to be in, I think, but, uh, I liked him doing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, it, as Nicolas Cage movies goes, this was pretty good, and mm-hmm. and it was really wasn't a story about Dracula, which I think made it additionally enjoyable. There were some yeah. funny moments, and there were some pretty serious moments, and there were some deeper underlying themes, like you know, getting out of a toxic relationship. So I thought it was fun. I thought it was worth the watch. I probably will never watch it again. <laughs> no. Put it to you that way. Yeah, no, it wasn't the greatest film, but it was. Yeah, we had some great moments, and like you said, Nick Nick Cage, I think um, he kind of nailed his part for sure. What else is on your list? Well, I decided to check out the Fra- uh, Fraser, the twenty twenty three reboot of. I saw Frasier. that come up when Joe Fiore said, "Anybody watch Fraser?" I, you know, he's usually talking about old shows like mm-hmm. Elf or Full House yeah. or. I thought, oh, yeah. okay, so he's doing a Fraser rewatch. No, there's yeah. a new version of it out. There is. And did you ever watch Fraser? A bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was looking forward to it. I I didn't watch I wasn't faithful watching any other Fraser. I've seen a few episodes here and there. But uh, as a result of watching this, I st- I went back and started watching the you know, the original and it's it holds up even the weird cell phones that they pull out <laughs> from the from 93, 94. Um, this one's not too bad. I, I, I think I like it. It's, um, he goes to Boston and he ends up, uh, going to visit his son mm-hmm. who he does mention in the old show. I thought was interesting. I didn't, I didn't, I'd forgotten about that. He had, uh, so this is his son grown up and, uh, he's going to visit him and there's hijinks ensue about, he thinks he's got a girlfriend that he, he, uh, he thinks that his son has a girlfriend that he didn't know about. And he's trying to figure out why don't they connect, you know, be more of a father and son kind of situation. Anyway. So he ends up staying in Boston and that's where the show goes on. Okay. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, 
I like sitcoms. I know you, you're not a big fan of sitcoms. No, really. are you? Yeah. No. Canned laughter turns me off. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The canned laughter is kind of weird, but I enjoy, uh, I mean, I've, you know, I, I was sitting there, actually, I was thinking about this when I was watching this, um, that how much I and used to really enjoy sitcoms, everything from WKRP, anything Norman Lear, any of that old stuff, sure. you know, I used to watch them all the time. So this was a, this was fun to watch. And, um, I think it'll take a few episodes to get an under his feet for sure. But, uh, it's worth checking out if you like Frasier. All right. Good to know. So, I mean, I love Kelsey Grammer as an actor. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Great job. Well, are the, yeah, check what, it out. You what, like it. Is he the only original character that's in the show or did they bring back any of the others? Uh, main cast? Yes, he is. They're, uh, okay. I think Roz and uh, the guy that played uh, Bulldog is going to be uh, in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But David Hyde Pierce is not in it. Um, neither is... Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, played. Uh, no, nobody's in it except for Kelsey Grammer and a couple of recurring. Ones. Oh, Scott looked up the the name of that actress. I part of the reason I can't say it is because I can't say it. Uh, Shore Agdushlu. I, I okay. know I'm not saying it right, but I'll that <laughs> that's her name. Right. Okay. So, thank you. That he, she's the one who was on. Uh, Renfield and Star Trek and many other things. She was on uh, The Expanse as well. She had a big part in The Expanse. Uh, Last one I've got is a movie called Reptile on Netflix. I was just Mm. flipping through. This is number two this week, and I'm really surprised because I was really disappointed in the movie. It was Yeah, it's about this cop who's got a really calm demeanor. I mean, he's a senior guy. He's been accused or actually indicted. I, I forgot. On, on several charges, convicted, but yet he's still a cop. Uh, and he's got a kind of a junior partner. They're investigating a murder uh, that is is for the girlfriend of Justin Timberlake. He's, he's a realtor. She's a realtor. She gets killed. And they're trying to figure out why. The case mysteriously gets closed. Uh, and then you're going, something's up with the cops and there's a whole bunch of dirty cops and he's like trying to (laughs) unravel this. So just like this must've been like dirty cop week. Renfield had a whole bunch of dirty cops. Reptile has a bunch of whole dirty cops, but the, the, the pace of this movie is kind of slow. Okay. And, and that's, I I wouldn't have minded it so much, but it it got got a little predictable. Like, okay, they're all in on it. His boss is in on it. His partner's in on it. It's like, oh, now now we know what's going on. Just move the story along. Uh, So I really didn't (laughs) care that deeply for it. And I'm wondering how the heck it got to be number two on Netflix, unless they lie about their figures, which is always I was going to say, you know, it's hard to be uh, unbiased when you're in control of your top 10. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just push this one up a, a couple of spots. Yeah, it's yeah. Let's look through everything that Chuck is watching and make so, it his top ten. So this movie was about as uh, hot as a cold-blooded reptile. <laughs> I don't even know where they came up with the name. Yeah, yeah. Other than oh. it's a cold-blooded movie, I could not. <laughs> I the whole time I'm looking, I'm going, okay. Well, she when she was exploring one of the houses they had for sale, she went, she moved a 
planter that had a dead plant in it and there was a snakeskin behind it. That's the only reference to a reptile I could get out of the whole damn movie. Wow. Finding a snakeskin. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was, I, I, it wasn't like he was a chameleon. No, he wasn't. I, I, it wasn't about the cop. It was me. I, camouflage. I don't know. I can't, I, I can't figure out why they even called this thing reptile. So very disappointed. I'd, I'd give this maybe four stars. It just wasn't there. A four out of what? 10. Okay. There you go. <laughs> 400. I don't know. I'll say if you were on a five star <sighs> scale. Hmm. All right. We are out of stories though. And we're out of things that we watched and listened to and read. All right. Um, let's, let's pack it up. Let's pack it up. We have a question of the week for you before we go though. A person from 19, 1923, 100 years ago, gets transported to the year 2023. What things will shock him or her the most? Didn't the we have something similar doing, like this? Hey, the stupid things that people are doing on TikTok. The internet, <laughs> the political situation. Hmm. What's uh, a Tide Pod? I don't know. Taste it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. 1923. They, they, they can't do the, they, they can still do the Charleston. That would be their TikTok channel. Dance moves from 1923. <laughs> Is Lucky Lindy still a thing? Oh, wait. He's still a few years away. Yeah. All right. So that's our question of the week. We are going to skedaddle out of here. All right. And while we do that, we want to tell you that... uh, Why don't we scuttle? (laughs) (laughs) Let's amscree. Amscree. How did they talk in 1923? (laughs) Oh, what what do they call that? The... uh... North Atlantic uh, uh, accent. We all, are, right, everybody. all right, we, folks. <laughs> we appreciate your support. If you like the show, there are many ways to show your love. Call us on the listener line at six. <laughs> they didn't six. have many phones back then. <laughs> yeah. Seven zero seven five three zero two four two eight, or send us an email at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Till next time, tell a friend about Technorama. Craig's going to give you a binary high five. All right. 101. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe.